630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Early in the second period, the Jets lead Detroit 2-0. Tanev and Wheeler have the goals. Late second period, Carolina up 4-2 on Buffalo. The Sabres will be here Monday to play the Oilers. Just getting underway are the Panthers and the Flames later. Bird battle, Ducks host the Penguins, Oil Kings just getting underway in Lethbridge. Rick Nash retiring after 1,060 NHL games. Oilers center, well, forward, Leon Dreisaitl, voted onto the Pacific Division All-Star roster by the fans as part of their last men in promotion. Raptors leading Brooklyn 84-68, five minutes left in the third quarter. The Oilers with an optional practice today. They will play Arizona tomorrow. Get it on, Chad. 6.30 face-off show. The game will start at 8. Head coach Ken Hitchcock today asked about line combinations. Twosomes, not threesomes. So we're trying to get a group of twosomes that work and then feed the third player in as we see the competition or the matchups. But um, so for instance, we've got four guys in the top six that we know fit. So Chase on and, and Nuge and, uh, and, and Dreisaitl and McDavid. We know that there's a fit there with those four and then we're trying to see which two join and fit depending on competition, depending on the style of game. But I've always preferred to just work with two, two forwards and try to get the chemistry going. One of the problems was we had it going very well until Chason went out. And then it's, we've had to adapt since then. But, you know, you'd like more people in that, in that pot. But right now we've got, we're looking at twosomes on every line. We, we, like, uh, we like the way that uh, at times that, you know, uh, Lucic and uh, and Nugent played together too, so we we might have something else going if Lucic continues to play as well as he's playing. All right, a little bit there from Ken. Hitchcock as the Oilers get ready for Arizona tomorrow. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in tonight, Inside Sports on 6.30. Ched, well, a lot of Edmonton Eskimos getting opportunities in the National Football League. Jake Ceresna, Mercy Maston from the defense, Duke Williams, who you're going to hear from in a few minutes, and this man as well. Now, former Eskimos receiver, he's signed with the Arizona Cardinals. Welcome back to Inside Sports, Bryant Mitchell. Bryant, you're on with Reed. Nice to talk to you again. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, Reed. How about yourself? Well, I'm doing very well, and uh, I, I know one thing I've heard from a lot of Eskimos fans, probably, uh, well, not probably, I have heard this, mixed feelings about your departure. Uh, happy for you, but a lot of people are going to miss you. When you hear that, what do you have to say back? It makes me feel amazing. Uh, I definitely feel like I've built a great personal uh, relationship with a lot of fans and just have definitely reached out into the community. And, and it's been a blessing to be able to. And, you know, the fans and myself, you know, have, have grown with one another. 
Well, that's great to hear, and you definitely, I think, won over a lot of people, too, with, with your patience and then your performance when you got in the lineup, so, so that was awesome. Tell us, you know, as, as the, you know, the Grey Cup ended, were, were a lot of t- NFL teams reaching out to you? What sort of sense did you get of the interest as we went into the CFL offseason? So, you know, um, I signed with my agent here towards the end of the season, really just wanted to wait it out and screen the process and really found a great agent in Denver. We talked about what we wanted to do moving forward, and that step was the NFL. So with that being said, we started reaching out and teams started reaching out. So there were a lot of teams to reach out to have interest, uh, think about 10 teams. And with that, we picked the ones that we felt like were best and we went on and did those workouts. What do you think it was about the Arizona workout that ultimately made them the team that offered you the deal and and the one you decided to accept? You know, honestly, they were definitely high on Bryant Mitchell. They wanted to see me. Uh, I wanted to see them. They definitely made me feel at home. They made sure that, you know, people knew who I was, and it definitely felt great. Well, good for you to get that opportunity. I, I, I know they're coming off a tough year, so obviously they're looking for guys who can step in and, and contribute. Did that play into it at all for you, like how the team did this season, or did you not really look at that? Of course. With anything, you make sure that you just do your research. I checked. I saw who they had on the roster. I saw what I could bring to the team, and I also saw who they had at quarterback. I like Josh Rosen, I think. He's a great young quarterback. I think that he's going to be great in this league, and I think that I could be a vital part in that. Bryant Mitchell joining us on Inside Sports, former member of the Edmonton Eskimos, recently inked a deal with the Arizona Cardinals. Bryant, take me back a little bit. What do you remember? I'm going to, I'm going to ask Duke Williams this question, too, when I have him on in a few minutes. What do you remember about coming to Edmonton, and how do you compare the present-day Bryant Mitchell to that guy who was a, a little younger and probably didn't know as much about Edmonton and the CFL from a few years ago? <laughs> well, my first time in Edmonton would be 2016. I'm pretty sure we were in Spruce Grove yep. in 2015. So 2015, young guy, just wanted to play football, didn't understand what it was like to be on a football team, didn't understand what it was like to be a student of the game. 2016, you know, I get released that year, but 2016 I came back and I began to understand what it was like to not only be a professional in the game, but to be a student of the game and to also be, you know, a community leader, a person who was involved in his community and understood his community. So coming to Edmonton, I really just embraced the Edmontonian culture and just embraced what it was like to be an Eskimo. No, I, I, I love how you said that. What is an Edmontonian's culture? When people in Arizona ask you about that, what are you going to tell them? Uh, it's a loving culture. People are amazing out there. People are truly wanting to see you win. People are Eskimo fans through and through. They love their football. They love their Oilers. And they want to see us succeed. And they push you to that. They make sure that you know that they want us to succeed. 
Good stuff. So when you talk about having to, to become more of a student of the game as, as you became more entrenched with the Eskimos and you got a little older yourself, were there, did you learn that from teammates, from coaches? Who was uh, maybe a bit of a guide down that path? You know, when I first came into the league, it was a Darius Bowman. He was a guy who made sure that even though it annoyed the mess out of him, he was never scared to give you tips. He was never scared to make sure that you knew all that he knew. He wasn't afraid to lose his position. He wasn't afraid or threatened. He was a great guy. He stayed in that locker room through and through and made sure that, hey, if you need help, I'm here. Then, you know, Brandon Zilstra and I got together, and that's where things really took off. We fed off one another. We used one another for everything. We worked together. He came to live out here in San Diego in the off season. It just it was a growing relationship, and we learned so much from one another that it truly just made us better. Brian Mitchell joining us on Inside Sports tonight. He says uh, farewell to the Eskimos. He's joined the Arizona Cardinals. Do you have a favorite game or moment from your time with the Eskimos? <laughs> I think most people would say that the 190-yard game, would, <laughs> you know, they would think that that'd be my favorite. But, you know, for me, I've only played Calgary once, and we won that one time that we did. So it was definitely the Calgary game this year uh, when they came back for the rematch. Uh, what was that one? 49-42, 48-42, uh, crazy. Yeah, one of the wildest like games ever yeah. played at, uh, at Commonwealth Stadium for sure. Well, uh, Brian, you have been, uh, i got to say this, a, a pleasure to have on the show. You've always been honest uh, about your, your play, about your uh, your journey to, to the CFL and, and what it's been like being an Edmonton Eskimo. I, I think people appreciate that you speak glowingly of the city and the fans and the organization, and I know you will, I'm sure in your mind, you'll still be representing the Eskimos regardless of where your career takes you. So thank you so much for coming on tonight. Well, thank you. I truly appreciate you guys having me. That is Bryant Mitchell checking in. Uh, Well-spoken young man, and all the best to him with the Arizona Cardinals. And, of course, he's not the only Eskimo receiver leaving for four-down football. The guy who led the Canadian Football League in receiving yards this past season is going to the Buffalo Bills. That is Duke Williams. He's next on Inside Sports. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Talbot getting the win in the shootout last night. Oilers beating the Panthers 4-3. They will host Arizona tomorrow night. The Edmonton Oil Kings underway in Lethbridge about seven minutes into the first period. They're in a 1-1 tie. Scott Atkinson, his sixth of the season, has the goal for Edmonton. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Well, we just had Bryant Mitchell on the show. He goes to the Arizona Cardinals and his former Eskimo teammate who led the CFL in receiving Duke Williams going to the Buffalo Bills. Duke, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm good, boss. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks for making time for us tonight and congratulations on uh, getting the opportunity here with the Buffalo Bills. How are you feeling about everything? Oh um, man, I'm excited. You know, it's, it's kind of a feeling I can't explain, but I'm definitely excited and, and I'm definitely thankful for the opportunity. 
Why Buffalo for you? Why do you think that's a good choice? Uh, why, why do you think uh, just everything you went through with the workouts and everything that, that they were the team that liked you the most too? Um, I, I feel like they were building right now, you know, as a team. And, you know, they just got a great a great young quarterback in. So, you know, I could get the opportunity to get chemistry down with him by this being from the biggest second year in the NFL. You know, they got a good offense, and I feel like, I can go in and help the offense even more, you know. And when I had worked out for them, it was just like I felt I felt at home. You know, I felt the vibe from the coaches. And I, when I after I finished my workout, it was it was the best workout I had out of all the teams I worked out for. And after that, I just fell in love with the team. I really didn't want to work out for no other teams once I worked out for Buffalo, but somehow some way I prayed on it you know and and that's the team that wanted to sign me and that's what I did I signed soon as soon as they was willing to sign me Duke we we hear a lot about CFL players having NFL workouts so as a receiver when you go for a workout uh, what do they make you do I mean I know I know they want to see you run and pass and all that kind of stuff but what what will a typical workout uh, involve here I mean, it's just bag drills, you know, running through bags, seeing how you can get in and out of cuts, agility drills, nothing major, and then it's just routes on air. You know, they just want to see how good you can run routes, you know, get in and out of your breaks, catch the ball with your hands, you know, not body catches, and that's what I did. They liked the way I caught the ball and liked the way I ran routes. Duke Williams joining us on Inside Sports. A big year, led the league at CFL in receiving with the Edmonton Eskimos, and now he's getting an opportunity with the Buffalo Bills. You know, take us through these these last couple of years with the Eskimos, Duke. How do you feel you've, you've grown as a receiver and, uh, and as a person? When you look back on yourself two years ago as opposed to today, how would you? Uh, what kind of comparisons would you make? Oh, man, I grew tremendously. You know, I definitely grew, and I'm thankful for the Everton Eskimos and, and Coach Moss, you know, and Brock for giving me the opportunity to come play for the organization. So, you know, they play a big part in my situation as well because without that and without them believing in me, I wouldn't be able to even show the Buffalo Bills what I can do. So with that, I just had to throw that out there. You know, I'm thankful for, for Everton Eskimos. You know, I'm always be an Eskimo. You know, they go always have a spot in my heart no matter what. But... Over these two years, you know, I grew my first year. I was learning, you know, Gilster was in front, but that's with the Vikings. I was learning from Adaris Bowman, and I was also learning from um, Vidal Hazelton. You know, I was watching those guys and watch how they carried themselves, and it, it helped me become a man. It helped me grow more, you know, it humbled me, and it, it built my character, you know, watching Gilster as well, run his route, get in out of his breaks, you know, and that made me even more determined to, to grind, you know, I was benched in the middle of the season, you know, due to, you know, other players that that was coming off injury. So I was benched, so that 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 put a chip on my shoulder. And that all season, I had talked with Coach Moss, and he was just like, "That's what I need to work on," and that's what I did. I lost the weight because last year I was playing between two thirty five and two thirty, and I lost the weight, and I came to, I came to camp to, to two twenty two eighteen between that area, and I felt better. You know, I was working on getting in and out of my breaks, bursting off the ball. And, and running my route, you know, there's always more to learn. And, but I'm way ahead of, of myself, that, and I'm more proud of myself that I put in the work. Nobody didn't see this. I was the only one out there who just put in the work by myself, and it definitely paid off. As you can see, I led the CFL. I was the number one receiver in the CFL. And with that hard work, hard work always going to show on the field. And now that I signed with Buffalo, I'm going to work even more harder. I'm going to drop even more weight. I'm trying to get down to 215, 214 now. So I could really run all day long. 
And now I'm going to work on my routes even more, get in and out of my breaks, and bring that dog to their team that I know I had with Edmonton. Duke, when you when you came to Edmonton, I know we've we've talked about a little bit about this in the past, but you know you're coming to a, a new city, a, a new league. I mean, what do you remember about coming here for the for the first time? Was it a tough adjustment for you in terms of not just football but also life? How did you? What do you remember about that? I mean, I, it felt like I, I just I just fit right in with the city, with the players. And the staff, I just, I just was fitting right in. I really didn't have to do too much adjustment because football is football. I had to learn how to waggle if anything. But after that, it's just football. Something I've been playing my whole life. But so far, it's like off the field. I fit right in with the city. You know, I was loving the city, laid back, and and they welcomed me with open arms. So I couldn't really complain about that. It definitely helped me grow. Like I said earlier, and I'm more mature than I ever been. So. Well, with them two years that passed by, it was definitely important for me to be with Eskimos because that built my character and really showed who I am. Well, and when it gets cold in Buffalo, you can say, this is nothing. I lived in Edmonton, right? Oh, I'm good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe nothing could get colder than Edmonton. That's the thing. All right, and my last one for you, Duke, I'm going to have a little bit of fun because you like to have fun when you play too. Uh, are you taking any of your CFL Touchdown celebrations south of the border. Are you going to work on some new ones, <laughs> some boost, new booster juice signs? What's going on there? <laughs> oh, man, I'm trying to bring all that. I'm trying to bring every every bit of energy I can to that stadium, to them fans, to the team. I'm just trying to bring that energy. Yeah, I got a few celebrations up my sleeve. But I'm gonna take care of business first, and after that, I'm gonna have fun. All, all every game, I'm gonna have fun. Well, Duke, we had fun watching you. We wish you all the best with the Buffalo Bills. Thanks for making time for us on 630 Chet tonight. Hope we can stay in touch. Oh, man, we definitely can stay in touch. You have my number. You can use it whenever I'm willing to have any type of interviews with y'all. You know, I'm thankful for the time that y'all that y'all allow for me. So it's, it's, it's no, matter, no matter the circumstances, y'all can call me whenever. I'm looking forward to any interviews y'all have. Well, thanks for that, Duke. That is Duke Williams. And we also had Bryant Mitchell on this half hour. Two excellent receivers leaving the Eskimos. Holes to fill there, absolutely, for the green and gold. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Bringing down South Comfort Food to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern classics. Spun with a modern twist. Check them out at northchickenyeg.com or visit them in person. 10704, 124th Street. Early goal by Mike Hoffman. Panthers lead the Flames 1-0 in the first period. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, so the Panthers lead the Flames 1-0. Six minutes left in the first period. Late in the second period in Winnipeg, the Jets are up 3-1 on Detroit. And start of the third period, Hurricanes up 4-2 on the Sabres. The Edmonton Oil Kings in a 1-1 tie in Lethbridge. That's with about six and a half minutes left in the first period. The Raptors with a comfortable lead now on the Brooklyn Nets. Halfway through the fourth, uh, fourth quarter, 111-90. The Raptors in control. The Blue Jays have traded catcher Russell Martin to the Dodgers. The 35-year-old will be a free agent after this season. The 
Blue Jays get a couple of minor league players from the Dodgers. Leon Dreisaitl of your Edmonton Oilers voted into the All-Star game by fans, part of the last men in vote. One player per division. It's Dreisaitl, Landeskog, Skinner, and Latang rounding out their teams. Rick Nash retires at the age of 34, drafted first overall by Columbus back in 2002. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight. Hope you have a great weekend ahead. I'll talk to you from Rogers Place tomorrow night when we have the Oilers and the Coyotes. We have Kelly Rudy on the show every week, and uh, he talked a little bit about our our next guest who uh, played in the National Hockey League played in the Western Hockey League, but I think more importantly is uh, the work that he has gotten into uh, after hockey and in, in, in some ways, I think, because of his hockey career. He is coming to Edmonton on Tuesday as part of his I Got Mind tour, and uh, you can give that a Google and check out the website if you like. I'm pleased to welcome to Inside Sports, Bob Wilkie. Bob, welcome to the show. How are you doing? You know what? Things are great, Reed. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Bob, you, you know, you have a, a very interesting backstory. Uh, I'm obviously going to let you tell some of the stories. And, and hey, let's let's dive in there because not all of it is, is, is happy, unfortunately. And uh, you, were you not on the, uh, on the very tragic crash of the Swift Current Broncos back in the 80s? It was, uh, it was my draft year, and I started the year with the Calgary Wranglers and was traded to Swift Current after one game. Like every kid that uh, moves away from home for the first time, struggled a little bit the first half, was ranked to go in the first round of the NHL draft, and started to hit my stride towards the Christmas break. And the first game after Christmas, you know, you're excited, uh, lots of possibilities, and the, the, the goal is coming true. And, yeah, we had that tragic day where the bus went off the road and killed four of my teammates. Horrible day for hockey, and, and unfortunately, uh, you know, a, a similar story from Humboldt uh, almost a year ago now already. So, uh, you know, sad stuff and, and a part of your history. And did, did that eventually, or was that a big contributor into setting you, uh, you know, on the, the path that you are on now, helping people and, and talking about stigmas of mental illness and, 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 and those kinds of topics? Did that did the crash figure into what you've wound up doing? Absolutely. You know, one of the things that, that I've learned in doing what I do is that there's different traumas that we encounter, and they cause different things to happen to our brains. And, you know, that was one that, um, you know, if, if you relate it to some of the uh, sports injuries that you see, it, it's like that quarterback that gets bent over and, you know, the leg goes into three different pieces. That, that's what happened to my brain after that incident. Wow. And did you have any help at that time? How did you deal with it? You know, the unfortunate part is Graham James was the coach, so there was no real help allowed. Um, you know, when we had to go back and play, you know, we, I think we had a week off and we were back on the road playing. So, you know, facing the fear of getting on the bus, um, you know, the, the emotions that went along with that, it, it was a real struggle. I remember, you know, skating in warm-up, um, and there were several of us, uh, you know, tears running down our faces. We're trying to prepare for a game. Wow, that's incredible. So obviously, you know, you're, you're working through that. Uh, was there a point as you got into an adult where you found, okay, I got to deal with some things, talk to somebody, somebody offered some help? What, what happened beyond that? Uh, you know, the drugs and alcohol really started then, the numbing the pain and, and running 
became the habit. And it wasn't until my daughter was born a whole bunch of years later where I realized that, you know, I was going to be responsible for this little person in this world and that I better start getting it together here. Yeah. Bob Wilkie joining us on uh, Inside Sports, telling you a little bit about uh, the path that uh, he's been on. He uh, was drafted 41st overall by Detroit in the uh, 1987 draft. You played in the NHL for the Philadelphia Flyers. You had a few uh, minor league stops along the way. So now you're coming to Edmonton. I, I, the name of the tour, the I Got Mind Tour. And uh, I think this is, I hope it's fair to say, a small part of a lot of work um, that you're doing, but tell us just the, the kind of the nuts and bolts of the tours. Is is this is this aimed at athletes, or is this aimed at any human being that that might you know need a boost or need to talk? I I think I think it's the latter. You know, it's mental health. It's you know, I, especially with the way things are going with the economy and in Alberta and the oil, people losing their jobs. You know, we related it to sports. <clears throat> because people are so passionate about their kids in sports. And, you know, this is really where it starts for a lot of people is at a young age. And we want to raise awareness, and, and it's for the parents and the coaches and the players, really helping them understand that there's certain things that are going to happen, and there's things that you can do to prepare for that so that when they do, you have an idea because you came and been a part of our tour and understand that in order to stay mentally healthy, you got to take care of yourself. Well, and it's such, I mean, this is a sports show, so I'll, I'll spend a lot of the focus there, and I don't mean to yep. downplay, obviously, other areas of life, but, Bob, it is, I, I've been interviewing coaches and athletes and managers for almost the last 20 years of my life, and, right. and, I, and I know one thing that sometimes listeners will tell me is that, you know, they don't, they don't like cliches and they're sick of hearing about confidence, yet every time I talk, not every time, but so many times, uh, when I talk to a current athlete or a retired athlete and I ask him or her to reflect on a successful part of their career, yep. they say, I had more confidence. They, they never, they rarely, I mean, they sure, they'll talk about practicing and, and training and, and experience, uh, but they almost always in some form uh, bring up confidence. And I, I'm just going to kind of throw that out there and get your reaction to it. Well, it really is. I mean, the confidence for an athlete, confidence is the most valuable thing. I, when I work with the kids, I tell them it's like walking around with ten grand in your pocket, and every instance that happens to you, you're just throwing those hundreds out of the wallet and giving your confidence away. You know, it's something that you have to guard. It's something that you have to protect, and it's something you have to work at building so that it's so strong that no matter what happens to you, that confidence is going to be there when you need it. Oh, I love how you put that. Drew Remenda, who I don't know if you've ever met Drew, but he's a, a commentator on sports. That he well, One day he was on the show and he said, I'm, I'm sick of hearing athletes say they lose confidence. You don't yeah. lose your confidence. You choose to give it away. So you yeah. would generally agree with that? Well, I, it's exactly what happens. I mean, every slump, every, every change, you know, players are so regimented and, and ritual. And, you, you know, I live the superstition of being a professional athlete. And I see these young players doing the same thing. And the minute something goes wrong, oh, my God, you know, this is going to be an awful game. And, you know, that's just mental weakness. You know, you don't have the tools, skills, and knowledge to understand that a broken lace doesn't mean that you're going to go into a five-game scoring slump. 
Well, that's a good way to put it. Bob Wilkie joining us on Inside Sports. It is the I Got Mind Tour. He's going to be in Edmonton on Tuesday. Uh, you just give that a Google and it'll take you to his page and his Twitter account and, and you can get more information. You know, I, I love these uh, kind of discussions and I know we talked briefly this afternoon and uh, you were actually at a hockey practice from 6 to 7 doing doing some mentoring. Now, are you... Well, you, do you mentor any any athlete any age? Do you prefer to stick to a certain age group? How, how, what I, what yeah, what I really found working with young athletes is they, they start to really have the mental challenges um, starting at 12 years old. Um, Peewee tends to be the, the trigger for everybody where, you know, they're not that cute kid that it doesn't matter if they play well or not. Peewee is the year where the expectations show up. And that's when the mental issues really start. So my, my sweet spot for working with kids is really that 14 to 19 range um, because they're still in the, the developmental stage and, and trying to learn how to, you know, be what everybody expects them to be. Well, that's, man, I, that's so cool you're doing that. And that, that I, I'm, you know, that age group is, is definitely an interesting one and a time where there's a lot of changes going on in a, in a kid's life and the mental growth is... Is something that is has the mental side of the game been ignored or perhaps at the very least underappreciated? Do you think uh, a thousand percent? Um, you know, in trying to be the best that you can be on the field, on the court, uh, on the ice, that takes mental strength, and, and mental strength only comes from you know learning and practicing and you know continuing to work at it and unfortunately athletes will spend 20 hours a week you know on the physical side and they may spend two hours a year uh working on any kind of mental and and that's why they have so many struggles so how do you what's a this is, might be a tough question as what's a what's a lesson or an exercise you might give say a 14 year old hockey player that you would hope would improve his confidence or have mental strength, deal with problems, all that kind of stuff? You know, it, it, and that's the really hard part. You know, I used to go, when I was pro, I went and saw a sports psychologist once, and he would give me a little tip and trick, and it would work for a little while, but eventually I was going to get in the way because of my habits and the way that I thought. And, you know, so it's a long process, just like it is to be, you know, improve your speed or, or get your shot harder. The biggest thing that I try and teach kids is, if you have three things to focus on in your performance, so it doesn't matter what you're playing. Uh, for hockey, we use, you know, how many shots do you have to have to score? How many scoring chances do you want to create? And how many takeaways would you like to have during a game? So what happens is they're able to focus for that full uh, 60 minutes, as the cliche goes, on trying to accomplish those things. I want to have five shots and I want to create four scoring chances and I want to have three takeaways. Well, they've got three periods to get that done. So if they miss an empty net, they can't, you know, lose focus. They know they still have to accomplish some things to feel good about themselves at the end of it. Well, I mean, this is a fascinating discussion. And it look, I'm sure you watch the NHL. And I mean, Ken Hitchcock has talked about the Oilers sagging when something bad happens. And last night they didn't sag. They had an incredibly bad break go in their goal with six minutes left, and they still tied it in the last six minutes. So, I mean, it, it's interesting. You're, you're talking a lot about young people, but I'm sure everybody listening and, and even older athletes still have those moments where th- they will feel that sag and have to figure out how to deal with it. You know, but the big thing when you get to be a professional is life starts to happen. 
you know, these, these kids, the uh, Dreisaitl and McDavid and, you know, all the ones that the Oilers have had in the past, I mean, they're millionaires at 24, 25, so they really don't have anything else to work for. And when that motivation is gone, the complacency sets in and the performance lacks. And, you know, when, when they're getting yelled and screamed at and roasted in the, um, in the media, you know, now all of a sudden they start to have a little doubt that they've never really had. And, and boy, oh boy, well, the people of Edmonton know what's happened for the last 10 years. Oh, do we ever, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this. Who, who's an athlete that maybe you've met or, or, uh, or played with or just have got to know that you would associate as being very confident and very mentally tough? You know, the, the one guy that, that always sticks out for me, and I talk about him all the time, is Stevie Eiserman. Um, You know, Stevie just had the awareness. He knew where he was at. He knew how his teammates felt. You know, Stevie was, was great about being able to read the room because he knew that every one of his teammates had to be, you know, feeling good and being the best they could be in order for the team to win. So, you know, the way that he managed himself, the way that he prepared and carried himself, he was just someone that really had that kind of mental strength that is very rare, Reed. It's very rare. Well, and uh, it, it paid off for him, right? Because when he joined Detroit, they were terrible, let's face it. Yep. And then for a while, they were the good team that couldn't win in the playoffs, right? A lot of people forget about that now. And then he was the, what, he won three of their four cups. So there you go. Pretty amazing when, story. When, you know, I went and met with Stevie when I started doing this, and I asked to interview him. And one of the, there were some things that I was trying to get out of him. And, and he said, you know, the way that he was raised and brought up with his parents, and, and the coaches that he had at a young age really allowed him to have that confidence and develop proper skills. And the unfortunate part in the game today, there's so much pressure for these kids to, uh, you know, win and succeed and play with the AAA behind them that all of those teachings are lost. And the kid is the one that suffers. Bob, this was a great conversation. We're, we're going to have to have you on again. You've been incredibly generous with your time. Uh, the I Got Mine Tour, Edmonton on Tuesday at 7. It's the Oasis Center. That's where you're going to be? It's the Oasis Center. Corey Hirsch is going to be on stage with us. Um, Chris Joseph, former Oiler, and uh, Rhonda Clark Tobin, um, the mom of Parker Tobin, is going to come and share a mom's perspective on dealing with uh, you know, the mental challenges of young athletes. Excellent stuff. And is Kelly going to be there uh, a video? Is he still trying to do that? I'm sorry? Kelly Rudy's going to try to be there through video? Yeah, we're, we're trying something new where we can Skype him in because he's traveling all over the place. So it is going to be something that we're going to try and get him to. Okay. And again, uh, I'll encourage people just to check out uh, I Got Mind or the I Got Mind Tour. If you put it in Google, trust me, it'll be the first thing that comes up. And of course, this has been Bob Wilkie, uh, IE on the end of Wilkie. Bob, thanks so much for telling your story and enlightening us tonight. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me, Reed. I appreciate it. It is 749 Inside Sports on 630 Jet. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Jet. Great to have Bob Wilkie on the shore for uh, on the show, former NHL player, now a mental coach. Excellent chat with him. Talked about confidence and one player for the Oilers uh, struggling with that over the last, oh, well, 12 and a half months now, Milan Lucic, who uh, did get a goal recently and has had a couple of good games. Here's head coach Ken Hitchcock on Luch. Well, what he did, he's, he's been a very good pro, but what he did was he got 
He got, he's getting his game back. When, when you don't have success and, you, and it overwhelms you, and everybody that I talk to talks about lack of scoring, and he was getting overwhelmed by that. And it was making him slow on the ice. He was, his processing was slow, his thinking was slow, his reaction was slow. So he was being checked off of pucks, he was being, he, could, he couldn't see the ice. And now that type of board play and that dot to board play is really picked up because he stopped focusing on scoring. He's trying to become a good player before he can think about scoring. And now what's happening is there's quickness back in his game. The puck's coming off the wall quicker. It's, he's headmanning it quicker. He's making quicker decisions with it. And he's getting better kind of daily here now. Last form will be putting the puck in the net. We're hopeful we can get him back to a certain level there. But right now what we're starting to see is a good player forming again, and it's good for our team. All right, there's Ken Hitchcock talking about Milan Lucic. Oilers and Coyotes tomorrow at Rogers Place. Our broadcast starts with the face-off show at 6.30. The game will begin at 8. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is that time of the week. Uh-oh. The Friday show before football playoffs. The long, our long-awaited picks, Kellen. <laughs> so, so, so much hype, not even you and I care who we pick. <laughs> but, but we're going to do it anyway. Uh, last week, I went a sloppy one and three. Kellen Kennedy, a much more impressive three and one. Hey, I lucked out with a three and one. Indianapolis and Kansas City. Do you want to go first or second? I'll go first here. Go. Uh, Indy. Oh, he's taking Indy to keep rolling. I am taking Kansas City. Dallas at the Los Angeles Rams tomorrow night at 6.15. I will take the La Rams. And I will agree with you. Okay. L.A. Rams. It's like 1986 all over again. Rams are coming. Were they good in 86? I, I have no remember. idea. They were good when Eric Dickerson was on their team. but Well, that's true. I think it was 1980 the L.A. Rams were in the Super Bowl or in the NFC Championship maybe. Uh, Chargers at New England Sunday morning. Man, uh, I can't go with New England. Uh, Chargers. Oh, you're taking the Law Chargers. Yeah. You know what? I'm also taking the Law Chargers. Philly at New Orleans. This is a tough one. I'm going New Orleans. And I will go Philly just to differ. Okay. That's a toss. That, that one's a toss-up to me. That no, one's the be toss-up. Saints are favored by eight. Not to me. It's a toss-up. It's playoffs. One game. All right. There we go. I have written these down in pen. We'll check them next week if we if we remember 122 105 the raptors win over brooklyn tonight western hockey league oil kings and lethbridge tied 1-1 after one in the nhl after the first period in calgary panthers up one nothing on the flames hoffman gets his 21st only four shots on goal for the flames man panthers not giving up a lot of shots in alberta start of the third winnipeg has a 3-1 lead on detroit and about six and a half minutes left carolina with a 4-2 lead on the buffalo sabers skinner scoring for buffalo his 30th of the season penguins and coming up later tonight thanks to our guest tonight you heard from Bob Wilkie, Duke Williams, Bryant Mitchell Matthew Barnaby and the mouth of the south Jimmy Hart enjoy him and Ric Flair tomorrow Kellen that's going to be fun it'll be great I'll tell you how it is next week that is our studio producer Kellen Kennedy the producer of Inside Sports is Dave Campbell my name is Reed Wilkins thank you so much for listening hope you have a great weekend I'll talk to you from the rink tomorrow night 
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.